further up and further in. I'm Amy and I'm here with Michelle. Hi, Amy. Today is a great day. Here we are in northern Alberta. It's like super frosty out this morning. The trees are beautiful. We're busy getting ready for Christmas and we decided we wanted to bring to our listeners just a conversation around our New Year's thoughts and ideas. You and I have some habits that we practice every year around New Year's. So lucky listeners, tune in. Yes, whoop whoop as you're on your between Christmas and New Year's break. Hopefully you have some time to listen that we can, yeah, Talk about the hope of New Year's. Yeah, exactly. And if you're listening some other random time of the year, we're still glad you're tuning in and there's hope in this message. Yes. So I'll start off by sharing with our listeners that, um, you know how you hang up the new calendar in January? Yes. I used to feel super anxious every uh, time I did that. I, I stinking loved my new blank pages <laughs> to write all the things. Right. And so some of our listeners will really uh, relate to that. And, and I can understand it because I love planning, so I love filling in the blanks. But I also, whether it's by personality, wiring, experience, who knows what age, I would start to feel really anxious too. Okay. Yeah, because every one of those pages also held unknowns that I'm not in control of. Oh, yeah. Fear of the unknown. Yeah, and the reality is bad things have happened to me. Mm. So I'm not foolish enough to think that going into a new year... Nothing bad's going to happen this year. Yeah. So, you know, that really mixed feeling. So we'll just name them all. Anticipation, excitement, and a fear of the unknown, and maybe some dread, too. Yeah. 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 That's a real thing. So the year, well, many years ago now, but that it, like, kind of, sometimes things slap me in the face. They've been sort of a normal baseline behavior, but then all of a sudden it's like, Holy Spirit, it's like, let's talk about this. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And you're like, what? So I'm sitting there just going, oh my word, this level of anxiety about the unknowns in this year ahead of me. And I probably had clues about some things, right? Because mm. we do. I'm at the stage now where I have aging parents and things like that are going on. And you're just like, is this going to be our last Christmas together or something like that, right? So we have reasons why we would have these thoughts of not everything this year is going to be fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I just recognized how much the enemy was robbing me of joy and hope in that moment. Mm. So I got like quite fierce about it and uh, did the, the breaking agreement type thing that we talk about a lot where I just broke agreement with dread. And then I thought, how do I be realistic about the fact that there will actually be tough things ahead? Yeah. And I just, I have such a picture of myself standing in front of my calendar. You know how I have it hanging above my water dispenser mm-hmm. there. And I'm just like, all right. I just like right now declare over these days that God's going to be with me. Hmm. And yep, there will be stuff that I wouldn't have picked, wouldn't have planned that will be a manifestation of the brokenness of the world we live in. And Jesus will be there. And he has promised that everything that touches my life, he's going to turn into something good. So I actually can have full on permission to anticipate goodness this year. Mm, That's good. So for our listeners, we're giving you full-on permission to have anticipation of God's goodness this year. I wonder if some of the the New Year's resolutions that people are really hardcore about and do, I wonder if some of that is coming from the place of anxiety and dread of like, if I fix these things I don't like, if I control my exercise, eating, all the, you know, stereotypical things, things will turn out differently. Well, it certainly gives us an illusion of control, which we really, really love. Mm-hmm. Yes, it really does. Uh, I think I speak for the human race. <laughs> yeah. And then those New Year's resolutions, yeah. it, you know, 
two weeks, three weeks, maybe three months if you are like super really impressive. Mm-hmm. And then it stops, mm-hmm. and then you feel kind of like a failure. Mm-hmm. And What's what? that look, Amy? Our listeners can't see. You <laughs> feel like a failure. Has this happened to you? Well, I mean, even with the New Year's resolution, there's an anticipate. There's a little bit of anticipation of like forward momentum. Yeah. So I never did New Year's resolutions because you didn't dream. I didn't dream. There was no future stuff. So it was just like, well, what I'm doing now is what's going to happen in the next year. So there's no point in doing any of this. Okay. That's <laughs> awesome, but not awesome. But hey, somebody who's listening is going to be like, wow. And then you need to go listen to the episode about Amy's story. Yeah. And so, I mean, I still don't do New Year's resolutions, <clears throat> but I do do stuff at the beginning of the year that is like forward thinking, anticipation of what's to come. So what would some of those practices be? Uh, one of the practices, which I think is, I'm pretty sure it's from you, is just asking Jesus for a word for the year. Yeah. that Right? It's, it's fun. Although this year was not a word I was particularly keen about. Shoot. Like, do you want to share that? Sure. It was um, tempering. Oh. So from Forged in Fire, for those of you that watch the History Channel where they make blades and, and knives and swords. I was going to make fun of you for being a nerd, but my next story is a nerd story yeah. too. So anyway. <laughs> so it's tempering. And so what they do is, right, they, they tempering is what takes away some of the brittleness, takes away some of the hardness so that it lasts. So it's a good thing, but perhaps not a fun process. Because I think that's when they like plunge it into like the they hot They make it really hot and, and then they cool it and, and yeah. hammer it. Right? And <laughs> Exactly. So it was just like such a sense of like, man, of the stripping away of some of the brittleness and hardness this year so that I'm actually stronger. Yeah. More resilience. Yeah. Less fragile. But I mean, you get that in January and you're like, right? It's an opportunity to go to fear of like, oh my goodness, if this is my word, how is Jesus going to come and hammer the crap out of me? <laughs> right? So now or, we're... <laughs> go ahead. Or it's the other side of like, okay, Jesus, you're, you're in all the hard things. Like you said, whatever happens, you're there and you're, you're shaping me and you're using stuff. You're not just, you know, beating the crap out of me. But things are happening and you're taking those things and you're taking away the hardness that I have more resilience at the end. Right? Like, who doesn't want that? I do. I totally do. I don't like the process, but I know that I know that I know that that's what I want. Exactly. So have you, I'm not asking you to tell the whole story, but here we are at the end of the year of tempering. Yeah. How are you feeling about that? Oh, I definitely feel it. And? Good, bad, other, like... I mean, the process was hard. Thinking about the last year, the different things, the conversations, the... um, the ups and downs in, in marriage, life, work, ministry. And yet at the end, I feel the only, it's like, I feel softer, but with more capacity to show up. Hmm. If that makes sense. Like Come a more on. resilient. Softer with more capacity to show up seems yeah. like such a thing that only God could do. That's everything we long for. Yeah. Without showing up as a hard, brittle, mm-hmm. laying the smack down. But I can show up and have the hard conversations mm-hmm. and bring things up that need to be brought up in a strong way, but I can bring a softness that isn't brittle and won't break people or myself. Yeah. Is how I see it. Asking Jesus for a word for this year. Kind of, I always feel like I'm saying, what is your gift to me this year? (laughs) Tempering can be a gift. It makes you pay attention Mm -hmm. and it frames what you're experiencing. So you're having these experiences and you're going, oh, that's what this is. So good. And somehow Jesus, quote unquote, warning you, which I'm sure in his mind is not warning so much as blessing. Yeah. 
helped you so much pay oh, attention totally. and actually mine the depths of what was happening rather than skim over, avoid, squirm, yeah, whatever. Exactly. What was your word? I think my word this year was abundance. I was just doing a quick flip through my journal to make sure if that was this year or not. I journal a lot yeah. right around New Year's, which is always funny and it's consistent. I think I started it when I was a nerdy teenager. I mm-hmm. never went out on New Year's Eve. I journaled on New Year's Eve while I babysat for people. I know Amy's making a face, but hey. That's okay. I was the person that was like, okay, it's 9.30. We've eaten some food, played some games. Peace out. So I just wanted to make money on New Year's Eve and I love the silence and solitude. And so I would sit there and I would remember everything from the past year and good, bad, or otherwise sort of summarize things, which is great because I have now a bit of a memory of all those things but forward moving too is that okay jesus what do you have for me this year so that Mm -hmm. i can not dread so that i can anticipate and i'm sure the word he gave me this year was abundance and that sounds like way more fun than tempering it sure does doesn't it like probably means i'm gonna get lots of money this year maybe gain a few pounds i don't know however you want to take that but it made me pay attention to his goodness Mm. because there's something about us it's, I think all humans, there's probably psychology terms for it, where we really tap into, well, we're aware of our pain, or we're aware of disappointment, or we're aware of lack. And so I was constantly, like, sure, in the beginning of the year, really paying attention, where's your abundance showing up? Mm. And I would say, see, he's providing this for me, and I'm experiencing deeper connection with my husband. Oh, that's God's abundance in my life. It's better than it was last year, or... The richness of the time I'm spending with my kids is they're in a different season. I'm like, oh, this is God's abundance. This Mm -hmm. is something I didn't earn or deserve. It's his goodness to me. Seeing opportunities he put out ahead of me that could make me afraid and anxious and am I, do I have what it takes for those opportunities is more like, no, this is his abundance. This is him answering my cry for opportunity to spread the hope he's given me. Mm -hmm. So it just would frame things and make me pay attention to his presence in it, which is super important. Mm Mm-hmm. So now we do this with our friends. We'll get together in the beginning of the year and say, hey, did you ask the Lord for a word in your life? And if they didn't for this year, sometimes we'll just sit and pray with them. And it's Mm -hmm. super fun. It is. It really is. It casts forward anticipation of God's goodness. Yeah. And again, right? Like all of these things are... are anticipation things of like, you know, not the pressure of, I need a word. Jesus, I need a word. You need to give me a word, right? (laughs) Like the obligation, striving stuff is not what this is about. This is posturing ourselves to Jesus and just being like, what do you have for me this year? So I just like bless all of our listeners right now that if any of you, as we're talking, are starting to feel the striving performance, I need to have something or that means Jesus, blah, 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 blah. Or that's nice. He does it for them, but he doesn't do that thing for me. I just bless you with hope Mm -hmm. and with the anticipation and for hearing Jesus' voice as he's speaking, because he's speaking to you. He's yeah. speaking to all it of us. It could come through a person. It could be yeah. something that pops in your head. And probably you're going to think it's too good to be true. Yeah. Seize it with faith. Lay mm. hold of it and claim it. Yeah. Don't even second guess, is this for me or not? No. You asked. Your father loves you. He will speak to you. Exactly. And he has goodness for you. Mm-hmm. He's talking. He loves you. So you talked to, you touched a little bit on New Year's resolutions that you don't really do New Year's resolutions, mm-hmm. but I do find, not but, and I don't do New Year's resolutions either, per se, right? That like starting November 1st, I'm never going to touch sugar again. I have November. Those, oh, January. <laughs> it's like, wow, you're getting two months ahead on the New Year's. Can you just edit that out? No. <laughs> Michelle's the keener. She starts two months ahead of the rest of us. Oh, gosh. Uh, 
Monday. So like <laughs> January 1st. I can't even now. Okay, so January 1st. Yeah, I always have thoughts of, man, I need to stop eating sugar, but not that, like, strict, stop it. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to take control of my life. It's more like, God, in the new year, you have growth for me. This further up and further in thing is a theme in our lives. We want more of him and his goodness. And so some of that sometimes can be more of, like, along the lines of a discipline thing. Mm. So I do ask him, as I look at my new year and as I look at my calendar, I ask him, what do you want me to is there something you want to speak to me about beyond just like the word? And sometimes it's funny things. It's like, no, I need to put the discipline of um, like a Sabbath or a time away on the calendar first, because what if somebody asks me to speak then and I love it and I want to go and do it. And, blah, blah, blah. and my first priority being, no, this is the time God is calling me away. Mm. Um, it can be things like he sure has reminded me about how important it is for me to take time aside to write. So put mm. that on the calendar first. Those are the kinds of maybe along, I would use the word discipline, not in a punishment way, but in a creating a guide and a rule for my life that's healthy and productive. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Like a opportunity to reframe, refocus, realign mm-hmm. your life to where you feel Jesus is asking yeah, you to. Yeah, because life just puts demands on us all the time. And just because life is making demands of us doesn't mean that's what Jesus is. So it's oh, like, totally. It's like a recalibration. Yeah. 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 And that's such a good point that in the recalibration realignment, it's recognizing the priorities that Jesus has for you yeah. and not just letting life kind of suck you along with the demands. Yeah. Cause everybody's demands aren't always what Jesus has for me and what he has for me is a gift, even if it's challenging. Yeah. And yeah. we want to say yes to Jesus mm-hmm. before we're saying yes to everything else. So I do reconsider all my priorities in January. That's like a January 1st kind of thing. What are my mm-hmm. priorities? What are Jesus's priorities for me? Do you yeah. have any personal thoughts on that? No, I would agree. I mean, it's it's probably not January 1st, but it is in that kind of like new year, you know, the first time that I write 2020 this year, right? Just taking the time of like, okay, what's what's what do we, what do you want me to be aware of? Right? Mm. Not necessarily a recalibration, a but like what yeah. do you want me to be aware of? Yeah. What areas? Right? And last would have been last year, not 2019, but 2018, I think was really like the awareness was just like, man, you know what? You've done a lot of um, renewal and work in your own personal life. Now I want to do renewal and work in how you lead. Hmm. Right? Because a lot of times, like I've, I've always been a leader and I led decently well, but with a good comp, you know, good stuff of all the crap I'm carrying. So control, insignificance, obligation, maybe a little more blunt without bringing the compassionate side. That it just really felt like Jesus was like, man, I want you to be aware of leadership opportunities, step into them, because that's the next season of where I'm going to trim, mold, soften, all the really nice words of pottery shaping. So good. So we, our traditions or our habits around the years are, Jesus, what do you have for me? Jesus, what would you like me to consider or focus on or make adjustments to? And something else that you and I both do in the beginning of the year, somewhere in that early part of the year is we do set aside time for fasting. Yeah. And we have a whole podcast on fasting. It's fasting for freaks. Love the title. Came up yeah. with it myself. Makes me happy every time. It's, I just, yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. Okay. So fasting is a little bit freakish. <laughs> but we just like dispel all the myths in that podcast. So we're, we're we right. won't go into the whole thing, but we'll share our own experience. That's right. So I'm right now going, okay, Jesus, what do you want me to fast from? I think for the last three years, I've done a Daniel fast, which is 21 days of 
only plant-based foods and things that are not like Yummy. treats to me. <laughs> so you could say bread isn't plant-based or is plant-based because it comes from wheat as long as you don't, you know, add any animal products in it. But for me, that's like a satisfying the craving of the sugar rush of carbohydrates. Mm. So that doesn't count for me. Does yeah. that make sense? So totally. Plant-based foods. And I've done that for three years. It's it's a bit of a brutal January experience because, A, there's no meat fat to keep you warm <laughs> when you live in the north. And it's bleak. It's a bleak time of the year, and then you're stripping away comfort foods. Oh, yeah. And that's not to be, like, self-punishing. It's to be, like, setting aside all those things that would distract me, actually, from my desperate need for an encounter yeah. with Jesus. So it's really challenging, and it's so good every time that I always have mixed feelings of, yay, I'm going to eat chicken tomorrow, but boo, the sweetness of this is over. Yeah. You have to try it to know what I'm talking about. It's totally true. Last year, after several years of kind of ignoring what Jesus was asking me to fast, <laughs> I mean, picking the like out of the, you know, two out of the three. Last year, I finally did coffee and Ugh. caffeine, which was the first. I was like, no, my coffee, no, my coffee. And it's almost like if that's the way you feel, you know, right? that would be the best possible know, thing for you to like, offer. No, it's- Jesus, anything but the coffee. And this is an act of worship and a declaration of my determination to set myself yeah. apart for Jesus. It's not about suffering yeah no and it was it was such it was so deeper right because mm-hmm. i got up and instead of my wonderful cup of coffee in the morning to kind of get me going Which there's nothing wrong with was that lo- nothing wrong but instead of that as i was waiting for my herbal tea to Ugh, brew sorry it's so awful i do the same thing right so it was just like the awareness of my dependence of jesus i need to get going this morning i need you like right i need your strength i need your sustenance i need your energy like i need your presence right now because there is crap that needs to get done, and small I, children I, with loud voices. I need you. <laughs> it was it was really interesting, actually. And what did you discover? That Jesus is better than coffee. Ugh! Can you imagine? He's that good. I know, right? Seriously, as you're holding your cup. I know, right? As right my, my coffee. And there's nothing yeah. wrong. People will no. listen to the fasting yeah. for freaks to understand all the details of what yeah. we're not saying. But the goodness of starting the year set apart. Exactly. And also the recognition of where are the pockets that I think I'm fully surrendered to Jesus, but I'm holding stuff back because I really like it. Yeah. Right? And like, he's going to meet you there with his sweetness. Oh, totally. So again, I, I actually don't have an answer yet. And then I get like into my little panicky control thing. Well, it's I, I need to figure this out because January is coming. <laughs> and he's like, really? That's where I already, it reveals my own messed up thinking about fasting because this isn't about getting something done and crossing it off the list. Mm. This is an invitation from Jesus to meet with him in a space. So where does he want to meet with me this year? What is that going to look like? I don't have the answer yet. Yep. But it's part of our habit. So those are kind of our three things that probably are routines that we have found incredibly beneficial Mm -hmm. and delightful. Oh yeah. So Can I share my favorite New Year's verse with everybody? Yes, you may. Because we're allowed to talk about the Bible on here? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. comes from Isaiah 43. And uh, so I grew up on the King James uh, Bible. And in the King James, it says, Remember not the former things, neither consider the things of old. And I always heard that verse, like, don't go to a therapist because you're not supposed to remember the former things. Which is a train of thought. We're made new in Christ. All that stuff is never look Mm -hmm. at it again. And so one New Year's, when I was dealing with my dread thing more, it was more of a thing still Mm -hmm. that I was really dealing with. This verse just kept reverberating through my head. And it's it's not a good sound in my head. It's like a very dogmatic, Mm -hmm. legalistic, 
I mean, even how you recited it yeah. was like... so people a, have the idea. Yeah. Okay? So I'm like, Jesus, why are you talking to me about this verse? Because it just is bugging me. So I look it up in the New Living Translation. And it starts with, but forget all that. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. Mm. So I'm like, forget all what? Forget all what? So I go back, and the beginning of the chapter talks about all the goodness of God. Mm. So it isn't like forget about bad things that happened in the past. It's not even forget about God's goodness. He talks over and over all these things he's done for his children and how much he loves them. And then it says, but forget all that. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I am about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a path through the wilderness and I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. And so going into the new year, Mm -hmm. it's just like as good as it's been. You ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah. This is my translation of Isaiah 43, 18. You ain't seen nothing yet. I have been so good in your story, and I'm about to do something even more. See, I've already begun. Don't you see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. So some of our listeners, like us, can foresee things on the horizon that may not be things that we're excited about, that may look like they're going to be challenging and difficult, and they probably will be. And here's your promise from your father. I'll make a pathway through that. I'm going to supply a river in the wasteland of that season. So if you're heading into the new year without a feeling of anticipation, I want you to hear from Jesus that he's going to provide. He's going to provide a river in that space. He's going to be your provision, your sustainer, your refresher. He is good. And as good as he's been in the past, he has more for you. You ain't seen nothing yet. So we bless you as you go further up and further in, in 2020. 